Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Mile of Golf podcast. We're going to try something different this week. We're going to break the podcast into two podcasts for the week. We're going to talk about the weekend that was in uh, podcast number one for the week, and then we're going to come back in. Uh, well, it's not going to be later in the week. We're actually going to do a second podcast tonight. Uh, we'll talk about the weekend that's coming up. So we're going to break it into so you get to tune into us two times. Something new, always trying to look for some other way to uh, keep you entertained. Thanks for joining us. Uh, the guys are here. There's there's no music because uh, I'm actually at work. I'm in the final stages of uh, preparation. I'm just assembling some bits and pieces for uh, the trip. Um, of course, you all know that I am going to Scotland. You can see in the background there, if you check out the YouTube, uh, I've got into the St. Andrews vibe already. got the Swilkin Bridge uh, in the background. The guys are here. Uh, who wants to talk first? Uh, Rocket, how are you, mate? No, no music, Rocket. Uh, I can't even put it in. Um Rocket's got to play his own music. Here we go. Can you play your own music, please? <laughs> oh, dear. The technology. Uh, we have come away, Rocket, since uh, the, the sitting in a Navara. <laughs> so, Sorry. That's going to sound terrible. Uh, it didn't come through, but uh, Rocket was trying to play his own theme tune music there. Uh, we have come away since we had to record in me sitting in a car in the laneway just at the rear of the shop that I'm in now. Uh, but uh, no, we're just sitting here on Zoom. Uh, how are you, Rocket? You well? I'm, I'm very good. Had a very good weekend. Been um, been excellent. Uh, good. I've been to the range. I've realised I'm really not golf fit. I've ordered the ordered the bags for the trio. Hang on. Come in. Can we just can we just backtrack on that? I went to the range and I realised I'm not golf fit. Like at the range, you realise you're lacking fitness at the range. No, it's just it's just the hitting golf balls. It's just oh, okay. a repetition of hitting golf balls and um, not hitting them. How you know it's the expectation, and then there's the reality when you've kind of muscle atrophied yourself for probably golf atrophied yourself for probably the last three months. Mike, uh, you know this is a young man that came out of. Uh, semi-golf retirement to turn up to Barnboogle Dunes after stepping off a you know tri-state jet and you know shot lights out. Do you have sympathy? Yeah. Any sympathy from your end? No, not at all. Yeah, right. I play all. I play golf all the time. I'm very golf fit. I'm just no good. <laughs> uh, well, you had a. Did you have a weekend out or a day out on the weekend? I had a. I had 13 holes out. I, I I was a bit disappointed on the weekend because I wanted to play. I had a very good back nine, as I told you guys last weekend. I played the back nine in even par, and I wanted to replicate that this weekend. So I was all keen to go and play competition golf. So I called up a course that wasn't too far away where I can play comp golf on on a Sunday, and and yeah, they were less than helpful to be honest. It's the first time I've I've sort of copped that, which is a bit disappointing because I only really decided to do it on a, late on Saturday night. So I called the golf course and said, any chance, I'm about to book online, you could point me in the direction of what group might be playing comp on, got your members playing, uh, that I can join in with. And he said, uh, no, not really. I don't know who'll be playing comp. I'm like, well, oh, okay. I'll, he goes, just, yeah, pick a group. Oh, okay, cool. Booked it, picked the group, found a three ball off. It's a shotgun start. So I picked the 10th tee, figuring three people, 10th tee, good chance they're the members. And, uh, 
up there on the day and said, oh, I just wanted to let you know if I can play in comp. Happy to play with anybody. Happy to play with any team, not fast. And he's like, yeah, no, nah, don't really know who's going to play comp today. I mean, they would have had 80 in the field playing comp that day. I said, oh, there's no members that have got a, a fourth spot or a third spot empty. I said, oh, I don't know. Probably just best you play uh, um, whatever he said, you know, like social golf today. And I just looked at him and thought, you could not have been less helpful here. So I left. I went down to the 10th tee and ended up playing with three very young young blokes just getting back into golf. Well, not that young. I'm 23, 24. Uh, I'm gonna, there's Jeremy, um, Darcy and George who were just getting back into golf after COVID. And I put on an absolute clinic for 13 holes. That was the best golf I've ever played. These blokes thought I was a freak. I was, uh, I'd had one bogey and one birdie through 13 holes. And for everyone at home, I was playing my daily was eight. So that's pretty good going for me. Every time I needed to make a putt from 10 feet, I binned it. Never looked like missing. It was, it was unbelievable. <laughs> and all I could think of was Neil from no laying up. And that's what happened. I, uh, I hit a booming draw drive down this fairway and ended up in a bunker that it shouldn't have ended up in. It rolled down into it. And, uh, yeah, made triple from there, bogeyed the next. And then I, yeah, had steam coming off me, which was good. But no. Why did you only play 13 holes? No, I only played 13 holes well. The rest oh, of the right. Way. I kept Sorry. playing. Yeah. I finished up with 79, I think, off the stick. But I was had all all uh, all dreams of breaking par. So, so it's 13 holes of golf and five holes of something else. Five holes. Yeah, I think I, I dropped I think I dropped five shots in three holes. Five or six shots in three holes. I got back to even. And mind you, I could have been... It was one of those days where it was all coming together. And I, all I could think of was this bloke behind the kick who wouldn't let me play comp. I, I had... My, my handicap could have been anything. Oh, well, that's golf. It's, uh, it sounds, you know, like it sounds strange, but uh, oh, well done for 13 holes, but mm. mate, it sounds fairly familiar. Yeah. Same, 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 same. I, th- I think I played last Tuesday, I had 32 points and pretty much the same. 13 holes of, of uh, nice golf and five holes of very, very poor, you know, double bogey golf, maybe triple bogey golf on one. Anyway. Uh, very good. Excuse me one second. I've got a, a guest at the door. He wants to join us in the podcast. Uh, yes, uh, Harley. Okay. Right. Yeah, okay. No problems. All happening here at Big Swing Golf Melbourne. Uh, just playing car. A, a tailor made looking for me in there at the wrong location. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at a uh, beautiful uh, limited edition staff bag yeah. here. Rocket might have your name on it, son. Ooh, I, uh, uh, the photos that that, you, that Drummond put up, I had a look at, and I was trying to get, I was trying to look for even more photos to see what it looked like. There's only just the ones that were there. Well, the ones that Drummond put up uh, for the um, latest promotion, where if you get fit and you get suited into some graphite shafted graphite irons, shafts, yeah, yeah, you can win one of. I think it's four. Um, mm. I actually took those photos, Mike. Thanks for asking. They did look very good. I just wanted more. Oh, really? Well, I might yeah. have some more. I might go back and get some more. No, I took those. I was down there with the great man, Benji, uh, from TaylorMade on, when was it? Friday last week. Uh, went down there, caught up with Benji. Had actually a little hit of some graphite shafted irons. Really interesting. Um, not wanted to turn this into, you know, sort of. I was about to say something that you would have not appreciated then. What's that? I think it's good that at your age, you're starting to look at the graphite shafts. Yeah. I'm, I'm big enough to own. Speed. I can uh, own my age with pride, you know. 50 yeah well, you 50. hit it that far past me we clearly know that i'm not not fair income 
50 is the near 30 mark in my books. Uh, no, but it was interesting because, you know, we were down there talking about this promotion that's on at the moment. So, you know, you can check that out on, online at Drummer Golf. But I actually hit some P790s with a steel shaft and then I hit it with, uh, you know, a similarly, um, you know, the equivalent graphite shaft, not equivalent in weight, but just, you know, the stiff lakes, graphite lakes and the stiff. And stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. It was like a standard for standard. And, you know, you know, you guys know me. I, I'd be the guy that would stand up here and go, just hand me the X Flex, you know. Thank you very much. 120 grams. And uh, I put in the graphite shaft and it was actually a really interesting exercise to do. Uh, I hit it pretty well. And it's probably an indication that, as you alluded to, even in jest, Mike, uh, it might be time for me to stop thinking about uh, big boy extra stiff or heavyweight uh, shafts and, and maybe consider because the performance results were. Um, I was going to say, what was the difference in. What yeah. So apply. what would you, well, I can throw that back. What would you expect if I'm hitting a steel shaft and then I go same head into a graphite shaft? Um, what would you expect? Same sort of flex. Yeah. It's just, you know, stiff for stiff. Yeah. Yeah. Different weight. Um, I would expect it to be on the, on, and I don't know anything about this, but I'm going to just guess. I would say that you would hit them maybe five meters shorter, but assuming all things equal, that'd be about it. A little bit shorter, that'd be better. On the pure ones? No. No, with graphite shaft, it was actually different. So I got more club head speed, more ball speed, uh, a couple of degrees higher launch, which then gave me a yeah. couple of degrees steeper ascent, um, a little bit more spin, you know, so they hit, hence yeah. the higher launch, um, and no loss of distance, actually a, a distance gain. Of, uh, it was only marginal, so, wow. you know, is, does, is, the, but, does graphite have like a little bit more of a lower torque though? Uh, lower torque, um, higher torque, lower, lower torque. Yeah, yeah. So it does, yeah, so it does twist a bit more. And that was an interesting point because, you know, I went into it fairly cold. Uh, that was the that was the noise you were talking about, Mike. That's the Discord. Um, uh, Scott Carter chiming in Discord. So if you can hear that little ping, we just let the Discord run, and people are just chiming in with the Discord all the time. You can join the Discord, uh, the great mile of golf Discord. Um, the torque factor was really interesting because I actually got a far better consistent level of strike with the graphite shafted irons uh, rocket, which I found really interesting. I was totally blown away because I, you know, here with all the resources that I've got here, I would never hit graphite shaft when I'm testing clubs. Very, you know, very rarely if it's just in there to, to pick up and warm up, but not as a serious sort of, like, I want to see how this performs. Um, and the torque was really good. And a lot of people think the torque can sometimes make the club head close, uh, too quickly but it actually left it into a better impact position it was a little bit um i wouldn't say open but it really did give me a, a great um i was getting a bit a few thin shots with the steel shaft it was just a 120 gram stiff but, it, but anyway i flushed them all and uh it was interesting um anyway enough of the uh talk on uh, golf clubs let's talk about the weekend of, of golf are you still batching uh rocket speaking of weekend of golf and you know your fitness you could get into a fitness program like i've been in for two months uh no i've just i just carried on the kind of the pseudo push-up challenge so yeah. i've just continued to do push-ups and then i've added in like some leg squats and stuff like that and then i've got some smaller weights and i'm doing some stuff for um uh, cross my traps to try and sort of then if i'm doing a heap of push-ups i've got to even out the back as well so and then I'm doing some other ones on on uh, my forearms and stuff, and I've got to get a couple of the the um, 
the big um, not the tour striker. The, oh, the orange uh, whip or this? Yeah, the orange whip. Yeah. I've got the orange whip sitting in the bag in the garage, so I ought to get that sucker out and start swinging away like a madman. Can I say something funny? So I was going to say, uh, I went back to the my training guy, Ben Croker. Uh, great young man, Peter Croker's son. Peter Croker was a very well-known Australian golfer back in the era of uh, Billy Dunk and Jack Newton and uh, world-renowned coach. Speaking of tour striker, he actually coaches um, uh, the tour striker guy. Clint. <laughs> actually, no, not Clint. No, the, um, the vintage club in uh, Palm Springs. Uh, what's his name? Anyway, I'll think about it. I'll come back to you. Uh, ben Croker, he... I went back to him and saw him last week and you saw the, me on Instagram there with the squat bar. Mm-hmm. Well, that was Friday. Like I still can't walk. <laughs> I had to walk down to 7-Eleven earlier on to get a $1 coffee. And like, you should see me walking. It's like, Shuffling? Oh, it's like weird. Um, so you, you were doing deadlifts, weren't you? Yeah, deadlifts. That's what yeah. it's called. Oh, it was like going for a PB, like at least 65 kilos. Um, I can't walk. I had the massage gun out on Sunday and the massage gun was pain. Uh, thanks, Ben Croker. I appreciate your work. Quads are massive. Thanks very much. Uh, anyway, sorry, enough about me. Uh, golf. golf. Big weekend in golf. More more golf in America than we used to, uh, put it quietly. Uh, a tournament in, U- in Europe where I was able to maintain a little bit of night shift uh, work. I was able to see probably my new pinup boy, um, of the southern, some new southern hemisphere pinup boy at the moment, nearly pull one off again. Uh, big foxy, yeah, at, uh, in um, Ireland at Mount Juliet. So, uh, let's talk about let's talk about the the DP World Tour, uh, for a start because there's other news around the world, uh, DP World Tour that happened during the week. Uh, but our boy, and the other new boy, our new European boy, That's one I was thing, say. Okay, how, how did we how do we not have at least one shekel on? Moronk, Adrian Captain Moronk. Moronk, Adrian Moronk, unbelievable. You're gonna to have to explain to everyone why. Well, Adrian Moronk is the is yeah one of the many new poster boys for the Mile of Golf podcast. Uh, we've never met Adrian Moronk. We don't know him, but um, we've talked about him in the past. Uh, he would have come up in. I think did he come up in the chat last week about the tipping? He did, he, and he's been in the tips before. Yeah, yeah. So we love the Moronk, and uh, we put the post out. With the uh, artwork, as you see, it's put out every week. You know, there's a new episode, episode 189. You know, get on board. Thank you very much. Doesn't attract a lot of attention that post. It gets you know a dozen likes or so, or whatever many. Um, one of last week's likers was the man himself, Adrian Moronk. I was like, oh, hello, hello, Adrian. And I thought that was pretty chuffed, and I shared that with you guys. And then he went out and won the thing. Can we claim that? Hundred percent. Like, I don't know yeah. why. Yeah, you should have reposted the fact that he liked it, tagged him in it, and said, "Listen, this is how the magic works. You touch us, and this is you." Win. <laughs> this is the my love of golf magic. Like <laughs> the fact that you've actually attached yourself to us. Like you are due for a victory. You should be putting money on yourself. Like now, it's true. Hell, uh, well, I didn't want to give the crow too loudly, but uh, yeah, he has um, delivered on the my love of golf mojo. So, my Adrian Moronk, you are. The new my love of golf pinup. We need to almost like create like a leaderboard thing and post it and go. You know, if you've either had some association attachment, played in a pro am with Ross, um, you know, here's all your victories. Post this. Here's your before and here's your after. That's it. I get, we should just chart it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%. exactly. Before and after. Yeah. There's only one that we'll talk about the one that's not let us. Um, that's 
I'd never say that he's let us down because uh, he's a great man and always is great with a, a comment and uh, a like and a share and a subscribe and all that sort of thing. Uh, but he hasn't hasn't done that well on the live golf uh, stuff um, as uh, Wade Ormsby. We'll get to talking about uh, live golf in a sec. But the Moronk uh, came from, well, he didn't come from behind. He, he was leading, but uh, our boy Foxy got out in front and just had an absolute back nine blitz. Foxy was amazing, um, and he's playing, he's playing unbelievable golf. Yeah, like I, I know there's been chatter about him. You know, thinking he'd want to have a crack at the Presidents Cup team. I can't see how he doesn't play it. There's absolutely no way he doesn't get picked if he doesn't make it automatic. His last two months has been nothing short of just. Yeah, just, the only thing he hasn't done is win. Yep, no, that's 100%. it. Hundred percent. He's been in contention or contending, and he's put himself in a position, what is that, two weeks in a row, right at the right at the end. I reckon outside of the start that he had in the States, he had outside of the US Open and then maybe one other event, I, I reckon he's top five these last three or four outside of that. Yeah, because he played all right in the PGA, didn't I'm he? I'm guessing. I'll look it up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think he did. Yeah. Yeah. So he hasn't – He's he's been – yeah, he's been rock solid. You know, I, I don't know what, um, you, Mike, I don't know if you've got any sort of lineage on uh, Foxy's match play history, but I couldn't think of anyone you would want more in that squad than the big Foxy. Like for length and power, which is just such a huge asset when you come to uh, playing against other ball strikers in match play, you know, to have that firepower there, that big bomber up there that hits it straight and keeps it fairly tight. Uh, and then a good bloke um, from all accounts uh, to boot, you know, you want someone like that in a, in, in a team environment, you know, he's, he's lineage around being in and around teams with his old man being an all blacks legend, you know, who would know how to behave in a team and how to get the best out of a team. Yeah. I could only imagine that you would want someone like big Foxy, uh, in the squad, he's of his results this year. He finished sixty first, twenty sixth, and then he missed the cut. And then he won the Raz Al Kamia Classic mm-hmm. the Championship. Remember, they had two in a, two two tournaments in a row with nearly the same name. One was a Classic, one was a Championship. So missed one at the cup. Economic City, and then he won. Yeah, then he's gone T fifteen, T nine, T eight, T two, fifty fourth at the PGA. Second at the Dutch Open, cut at the US Open, third at the BMW International, and second this week. That's a truckload of top tens. Yeah, and the only thing that hurts him is that the the events that he plays in, they they're not attracting like high points, unfortunately. But again, form's form, right? So I'm just looking at the rankings, and it's got him 16th. So he jumped up a couple of spots. But then if I look at the if I look at the players that are on that leaderboard. Like some of them, I don't even understand how they're even. They're probably holding on to their ranking. They're not actually form players coming in. Well, a couple, look of, them at, won't, couple of them look won't at, play. Look at you know, if you think about captains' picks, it's going to be a bit of a crapshoot. Like, there's a possibility that Leishman doesn't even make it. Well, our answer can't. Our answer won't play because of Liv. Munoz won't play. Munoz, Munoz is playing Liv, isn't he? Uh, I think he was the one who was next to go if he hasn't already gone. No, I don't think he's gone. You're thinking of um, um, Ortiz. 
Or tea, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, there's a couple there that'll come out, definitely. Yeah, beige, um, the, the beige man might, you never know what beige man will do. Yeah, I could think the way he's playing, and, and we we all love Mark Leishman, but right now, he's he said you got a captain's pick and Mark Leishman's at 14 and Ryan Fox is at 16 on that list. There's no there's no chance you're picking anyone except for Ryan Fox. You're not taking Lahiri. Yeah, and what is it? It's only a couple of months away, isn't it? Yeah, September. September. Yeah, last week of September, I think. Wow. Well, we'll see. Uh, Foxy has to back up. Uh, keep just keep backing up, and yeah, you know, there's no reason why he he can't do uh, well in this coming weekend at uh, at Renaissance Club. We'll talk about that. Uh, and and I think he's gonna look. He's gonna have the right captain as well. That's gonna pick the people that have got a bit of form because it's Trevor Immelman. Hmm. So I think he's going to be a bit less of a picking mates than and picking people that are going to be form contributors. Well, um, that's Foxy. We'll see how he goes this week. Uh, but uh, and then our boy um, Moronk one. Uh, who else? Herbie. Herbie was he was in it uh, up into the third round, and then he had an absolute very poor start for the front nine. On uh, the last round, uh, maybe buggy, buggy, buggy start. Sort of had forty-four over on the back nine, and then just brought it home like he did last year when he won the thing. Uh, had a had a great finish. Got back up to minus twelve. You know, obviously he'd be disappointed with the overall, but you know, be, he'd be happy that he finished off after you know an average start to the final round. But mm. uh, I'm sure he would have liked to have you know put more pressure on the on the leaders. Uh, right from the off, which a couple of them, you know, got an early jump. You know, the, I can't remember this, who was it, but uh, a couple of them went out early and went bang, bang, bang with a few birdies in the first sort of four or five. So um, that was always going to make it hard, but uh, but Herbie was there. Who else was uh, Where did Georgie, our other boy, um, George Campillo? Yeah, he fell away Seven. a little bit after leading. Yeah, he yeah. only went one under. Just a few people went past him. That's the thing with, with the event, you know, in that final round. If you look at the guys at the top of that leaderboard, the top four have gone six under, eight under, five under, five under in the last round, and they've just gone straight. But and if you were, if you were shooting one under, you were standing still. So uh, yeah, they went past poor George, uh, and he ended up finishing seventh, seventh overall. And uh, our boy Bobby, where did Bobby finish? Bobby wasn't far back. He, he was thirteenth. Yeah. yeah, so three under. Uh, his second round killed him seventy three. Yeah, he's yeah. You know, I think he snuck in, uh, snuck in on the number pretty much and left for the cut. But uh, yeah, so All did right. um, Shane. So mm. Shane Lowry's finished ninth. He was in on the number. I think he on round second round he ended up shooting three, three or four birdies in his last four or five holes to get in, and it's finished ninth. So that's that's some charge right there. Sixty-eight, sixty-seven on the weekend. Uh yeah. I'd rather it not be played at Mount Juliet. You know, I was yeah, watching uh, you know, Jordan and uh, a few others playing at La Hinch, obviously getting ready for the JP McManus uh, tournament, uh, which is just down the road at Adair Manor. Um, you know, it's a perfect place to go and have a little links warm up down there at La Hinch. You know, you fly in uh, to the Shannon Airport, which is on the West Coast there. It used to be like the, the Island International Airport when you came from the States because that was as far as the jets could fly. Uh, back in the day, so Shannon's got this. It's in the middle of nowhere, but it's got this massive airport. So they would have just parked up there and driven the twenty meters, twenty minutes around the corner, and jumped onto the hinch. 
I saw the goats. Um, do you know the history of the goats at La Hinch there, boys? Oh, no, no. So, yeah, so Tiger was paired with them, yeah? I think Tiger was playing at La Hinch, yeah? Yeah, the goat. Oh, the goat, no. They did, 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 seriously, uh, did Tiger actually play at La Hinch or not? He just, no, he just rocked up to. Oh, I just saw there. a goat. So, no, yeah. two, two Tiger was there. No, no, not that goat. The, the goat, the real goat, the goats. Oh. No, Tiger's a real goat. The goats of La Hinch. Do you know the story about the goats of La Hinch? I, I, I don't. I saw no. the video we, we, on, on uh, Twitter, but I did not know the story, no. There's goats that live on the golf course, and uh, and they're obviously back in the day, I believe, put out there for you know keeping the grass down. When it's an old Tom Morris course, so Tom Morris was brought out there by the, I think back in way back in the day, there was some Scottish, uh, a Scottish Army regiment based down there in that part of Ireland, and they brought old Tom Morris down to um, do the original routing. Obviously, it's had uh, a few little tweaks around the way. Uh, Mackenzie. That's you know one of the McKenzie group of courses because uh, he had a bit of a, uh, a go over it. And then I think someone else flattened his greens and then they brought the greens back to rural McKenzie life uh, somewhere down the track. But there's goats and the goats have always been there. I don't know if they're, they're obviously not the same goats, but they've always maintained some goats out there. And they just live out there in the course and eat the the, the gorsy, bushy, brackeny things out there. And the, the legend is, is when it's crap weather, the goats come near the clubhouse, and that's when they know everyone knows that it's going. The weather's going to get bad, and when it's good weather, you'll find them out uh, out there in the frolicking uh, down the fairways. So yeah, that's the goats, Lynch. I couldn't so believe if you, it. If someone said you played the Lynch, what did you think? And you said it's nothing but a goat track. No one would be offended. You can't. No, exactly right. You can't disagree. <laughs> uh, I saw. Yeah, I definitely saw the goats there when I, I was out there. Big brown one out there, uh, just eating away. And uh, yeah, but yeah, if they're uh, if the weather's going to be rubbish, the goats will be near the clubhouse, and that's where they seek shelter. There you go. Um, so yeah, Adair, they were to the JP McManus. I, I didn't really fully understand how big that pro am is, but it's pretty massive. Um, what JP McManus does, he's like the wealthiest man in in Ireland. And uh, if you, I haven't been to Adair Manor, but you, I've driven past it, and yeah, you know, it's phenomenal. Cool. Um, I'll give you the tip. I'm looking at the people that are playing. Mm. If you think live, if you think live wants to target what a what a uh, what a portfolio of players should look like, this is it. Uh, Tiger Woods is playing. Yeah, yep. coming in a big yeah, that, big helicopter. That sums it up. That sums up. Uh, DJ Fleetwood Scheffler. Uh, I won't name everybody. McElroy, Westwood Woods, Spieth, Fowler, Morikawa, Timer, Kepka, Reesberger. Justin Thomas, Harrington, Lowry, Poulter, Rahm, Shoffley, DeChambeau, Cantlay, Hatton, Seamus Power, Matt Fitzpatrick, uh, Paul Casey. Have you said Ricky? No, I haven't said Ricky. Yeah, Ricky's playing as well. I'm going from the bottom of the leaderboard, so maybe Ricky's towards the top. Uh, GMAC, Kokrak, Noren, Scott, Burns, Dunn, Stenson, Rose, Murphy and Bjorn. And there's only a handful of people that are out on the course at the minute. And the leaders are Thomas Bjorn and John Murphy. That's oh, they're cool. already playing. Yeah, set off not long ago. But uh, I didn't see Ricky Fowler either. And then you look at even the... No, but, um... Oh, they've got Fow- Sir Nick Fowler was one of the amateurs. <laughs> Maybe Ricky Fowler's on, down as an amateur. I can't find him. I oh, know there is. Oh. What? Uh, well, there you go. Um, I don't know. Yes. Yeah, so we'll keep an eye on that. When's the Ryder Cup at a damn manner? Is that the next one? Rome. Oh, uh, Rome. Rome next year. Yeah. 
and then Adair Manor is the next European venue after it goes back to America and then back to right. Okay. Yep. So if anyone does the tickets, the next tickets go on sale in September. So if I don't get any, I'll be putting a shout out for someone to find some for me. <laughs> <laughs> so when's the ballot start for that? In September, is it? They've already had one ballot go. Right. And basically, the they've got um, tickets for hospitality and other bits and pieces which you can buy now so right now you can go and buy a hotel in rome transfers to and from the course passes for the day and things like that but, 20, um, they've got 20, one come up. i saw the golf tours and stuff like that they've probably got all their allocation and stuff and now they're doing all their packages yeah lots of packages you can you can buy now all through the pga tour but then there's uh, and the euro tour but then they'll they'll do a normal allocation of the other ones i think soon or i think it's september from the last email i got all right. Well, uh, what do we want to talk about first? We want to talk about. Uh, I, think we, I think we do. I think we do PGA Tour first, mm. and then we can have a, a conversation off. about live. Okay. In general, because it seems to be people want to continue to talk about. It. Well, you guys roll uh, with the uh, early morning shift. Uh, yep. Take us through what happened on the PGA Tour with uh, JT. It, it's going to be. It's going to be a quick review because okay. it was pretty boring. Um, yep. It, 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 it's, <laughs> It's really disappointing because we know it's the one of the worst fields of the year because everyone shifts to Europe like we talked about last week. Um, and that's why Liv has played, played their event this week. But, but it used to be, it actually used to be a really good field um, probably a couple of years ago. And they did a really good job because they would, they would hire a couple, heap of jets mm. and have them basically on yeah. standby to fly. People, basically, it was like, if you play here, we'll put you on a private yep. jet with your caddy and we'll fly to the fly yeah. to um, um, Europe because if you're gonna either be there the week before the Open or play the Scottish, yeah. we'll get you over there. I reckon it was. I, I, I reckon it was. I reckon it went straight up against the Scottish because I reckon yeah. it was like you finished at the John Deere and then you went straight into the Open. I'm pretty sure that that was uh, correct. Oh, it, it, yeah. it was. Yeah. It was. You're right, Rocket. Though it was that's the way they did it. That's okay. the way it was done. It was done really well. And then they oh, do you reckon they've switched it? Move this because they've. Yeah, because with the the new yeah. um, co-sanctioning, now yeah. they've moved them around. Yeah, yeah, well, that's it. It's, it's co-sanctioned now. Um, the Barbasol next week. So, yeah, it's a. It was a bit boring because one, as we said at the start, the field was a, was a poor field, but also um, JT Poston smashed them like from day one. He shot yeah. sixty two and didn't give up the lead. Nope. So. We kept waiting for him to fall over, um, and he didn't. And it was really good to see him win for, on a couple of different reasons. One, because I, I do like following his caddy, Aaron Felina, on Twitter. He's a very good follower. If you do want to see something that's quite funny, because he's good mates with Gino Benelli and Joel Damon and all those boys. They're very, very funny lads. But also, it reminded me of last year, this time, it was next week, was the Barbasol. was the one where JT Poston... Um, capitulated in the final round and that last one and ended up falling into a playoff and then getting rolled and he hit that ball that was on the boundary line fence and it was out of bounds by an inch and a half or something so it was good 12 months later nearly to the week to see him come and win and he he had the, the patrick cantlay look down pat he was a robot he <laughs> showed no emotion even when he was high-fiving fleener after a, a birdie it's like, I've got to win this. He didn't thing. even crack a smile. It was like, <laughs> high five, keep going. Gotta get the and, job done. Get the job done. Very serious. Yeah. It was good to see. Um, and then the tool junkie boys tipped him as well. He was a 65 to one. 
So they've had they've had a very very good week. Um, but no, it, it was it was good. It was good to see him win. A few of the few of the guys that, that were around the mark. Um, Cam Davis had a reasonable week. He finished T eight. Uh, Scott Stallings was up there. I think a few people had him in the tips. Christian Bezadenhout, um, who was pretty good at the start of the year, he finished off pretty well as well. But no one in tips that had him. Nobody of uh, of our had had him in oh, the John Deere's. It would have been the worst week. That's probably why I forgot my tips. That's it. You did forget your tips. Rocket. That's like you should pay a fine to the everyone in the tape stuff. Yeah. <laughs> pay a fine. The fine is the fact that I don't make any money and I no, lose my spot again. <laughs> um, I, I didn't overtake you. Don't worry. Well, the only people that made any sort of oh, there's a few people that made okay money. There were there were three people that picked um, Scott Stallings, so they had T four and they got three hundred and twenty k each, which was the Golf Labyrinth, Craft Golf, and Ed Hodge. Um, and Denny McCarthy was a bit of a popular pick at T six, so that was David B Goffey and PK. So yeah, a few, and that's another two hundred and fifty grand into the kick. So they did pretty well, um, but there wasn't too much movement at the top of the leaderboard. Nomadic Golf is still winning, 10.625, and, and Michael Lloyd at 10.359. So they're right up the pointy end. Three part or die, 9.9, just under 10 mil, not far behind. The Sneaky Doctor, marketing at 9.78. No three putts at 9.1, make up the top five. But this week, which we will talk about a little bit later in the next episode, don't forget this week, two tournaments to pick. So you have to pick one for the Scottish. One for the Barbasol. Don't forget. Uh, did anyone else pick uh, Smotherman? No. Or, or was it, was <laughs> I did I, laugh when it? I see you pick <laughs> Smotherman. I didn't know no. who pick. Uh, we talked about Smotherman. It was a lottery. Yeah, it was a lottery. Uh, Smotherman um, fire. And, and, and you know, some people pick, I can't remember who it was, pick Jason Day and he withdrew. So they got nothing. Um, yeah, it was a bit of a funny old week. Um, Choppy waters in the data lake. Yeah, a lot of the people at top, um, the, the, what, the, the guy that was at the top of the data lake withdrew. The next three or four missed the cut. Then a couple more down was first and second at about 16 and 18, 18 and 19. It was a funny, funny week. But we said that. It's not a, it's going to be similar to the Barbasol this week. Um, yeah. yeah, it's a shame. selling your John, house to, to bet on it. Yeah, the John Deere used to be, you know, I think it's with it now being up against this, you know, the tool having that and the potential expansion of that thing, it's like events like this are going to get, yep. they're going to get slaughtered. Yeah. Well, they're going to get slaughtered from a global perspective, but from a local event, it'll still thrive. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know if you guys had time, but the No Laying Up guys, Tron put up a video. He was there with his little boy. And some of the stuff they got to do on site was amazing driving yeah. tractors around and they had a whole big yep. area set up where you could drive a tractor and dig a hole with these massive things. I was like, that's fantastic. You couldn't do that at couldn't do that at PK at the President's Cup. Driving <laughs> tractors up and <laughs> dig holes. I'm sure I'm sure Mike Hocking's got that planned out. Yeah, I'm sure. Dig a bunker. Yeah. Um the, yeah, Jac- was- the Jacobson people are down there, they'll have a hotted up quad cam that's buggy it. thing race. <laughs> But just the ability to like, I mean, when you think about getting value for your money as a sponsor, I mean, okay, John Deere is well-known all around the world, but to be able to sit there and literally drive tractors and dig dirt and push some soil around, it was amazing. And it wasn't like stuff for home. These were 
commercial vehicles. I thought that was really interesting. I think it's another, and I might have said it previously, they use that as the culmination of their world uh, golf uh, event that they have. You know, all the John Deere distributors around the world, you know, use golf as a bit of the marketing tool. And I think they have this, um, you know, for all their dealers and that sort of thing, have a golf tournament. And I think they take them all across there. So. Uh. Same as um, BMW, Mercedes, Audi. I was actually sitting at the footy on Friday night with uh, one of my colleagues uh, from Drum and Golf, um, one of the other franchisees of uh, one of the Melbourne stores, who is a BMW driver. And uh, he's won his way to uh, the BMW, which is the second round of the, um, the FedEx, yep. to play in the world final of the BMW uh, event. So is that now? That used to be at um, Liberty. Is it still Liberty? Is that the BMW there? I can't remember now. I don't know. I have to defer to you guys for that round. But uh, yeah, so he's he's doing the same sort of thing. He'll go to the BMW and he's won 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 the event. So yeah, good. Um, all right. So that was that was um that was the uh the John Deere. Yeah, there's not much else to talk about there. I'm sure no one's going to be fussed about the John Deere. I think probably most of the conversation we've had this week, even in our Discord channel, has been around Liv. To be honest, seem to be a few people watching it. Hmm. Did you boys watch it at all? Uh, yeah. Oh. Didn't watch it? Oh. Did you have any thoughts on it, Oscar? Uh, well, it's pretty much echoed what I thought last time, you know? Like, I don't mind watching it. I don't mind watching it sitting there on the phone, on YouTube, got it on, can hear it, watch it for a bit, can listen to it while I make a coffee. I get to see plenty of action. Um, and... You know, I thought Brandon Grace obviously played pretty well. I thought he was pretty mm. pumped up to try and win the thing. Um, Carlos Ortiz, uh, the new guy, put a fair bit of pressure on him and as did some of the other big names. Yeah, there was obviously Dustin and uh, Patrick. And mm. uh, what, what's their team called? Aces. The Aces. They were the winning team, weren't they? Oh, yeah, yeah I think they were. I don't really. I watched a little bit. Um, I actually didn't. I don't know Rocket. You would know better than me, but I actually didn't mind the look of the course. I thought the course looked interesting, like just very big ups and downs. A lot, lot of um, hmm. a uh, pumpkin ridge as a course is really, really good. Yeah, it looked it looked really interesting. <clears throat> Lots of elevation changes, and looked like it would have been a tough, tough track. Um, yeah, I don't know about it. I mean, parking all the political stuff to one side. I think that I watched a little bit. It's obviously easy enough in this in this day and age. Streaming is where it's at. And being able to watch something for free on YouTube is tick tick. I think the part that I struggle with a little bit is I was talking to Matt Mollica today. I said, I just don't, the part that is starting to really frustrate me is every single time the commentators talk or they're doing an interview with a player, they are telling me how good this is and how different it is and how much they're really enjoying it. It's like, don't keep telling me that. Like, the more you tell me that, the more I'm not believing it. And if it's so good, I'll see it's really good. You don't need to keep telling me it's really good. I'll enjoy it and then I'll keep coming back to watch it. But the more I get shoved down my throat how good this is and how how great it is, um, unless you're talking about how much money you're earning, for me, it's just a 54-hole tournament um, with no cut. I don't really still understand the team's thing. It's a bit, and that's not a slight on them. I just haven't paid enough attention to it. Um, and I, I don't... don't if. It, I think they're going to battle to get the team's bit right unless the team stays solid. Now, maybe that will, but if people are going to change teams or 
they're going to add more in and drop people off. I think it's going to be a bit weird. But if they're going to have a roster, that might work. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think the people that I speak to, the biggest question is that are that are into it is is that fact there. You know, like they know that there were people playing this week that didn't play in the first one. So they mm. why? What happens to the people that have played in the first one that didn't play this week? Will they come back? Is there a system to bring them back? Is there yeah. a pro rel, you know, promotion relegation type um, situation? So yeah, yeah it was that's... a really good article, and I'll find it. I read it this week, and I think it was. I can't remember who it was. It was someone out of the UK. I'll retweet it. I'll retweet it off of my log um, account. But they they talked a lot about that and mm-hmm. basically talked about the fact that there are certain players that are signed on for X amount of events. I think, say, Paddy P might have signed on for eight, eight a year uh, for four years. Um, and that's all he, he plays, whereas, say, a DJ might be signed on for all of them. He doesn't. Yeah. He's not going to be getting a day off because he's got $150 million in the bank. Whereas... Jed Morgan doesn't get anything, sign up, but he gets to keep, obviously, it's effectively for him, it's 120 grand, even if he finishes last every week, it's 120 grand for last, so um, that's that's what he's getting, that's what the benefit is for him. Well, I'm not, not knocking uh, Jed Morgan, but it's not bad, not bad coin for shooting 76, 84, 77. No, absolutely not. Um, for him, for someone like him, it's, I won't say I get it or I understand it, it's, everyone's got their own decision to make, but. For him, who doesn't have a PGA Tour card, hmm. they can literally do this until they don't need him anymore, don't have a spot for him, and can then go back to the Corn Ferry Tour and apply to do whatever he wants. Same as what anyone else, he's not going to get banned. You wouldn't think. I don't, I don't think he. Had, I don't think he had a, a card anywhere ex- except for Australia. Yeah, which and he, and he would have certain events that he'd be eligible into by winning, say, the Order of Merit here that he can get into. Yeah, he got, like got into the Open uh, Championship and the PGA. You, you might you might want to check it out, but I think um, winning the Autumn Merit in Australia didn't that get him a European Tour card? If he did... oh, I think maybe that that's, oh. that does ring a bell for this year. I think they might have changed that. Yeah, mm. that does ring a bell. I think that was part of uh, part of what that did. So has he does he has he burnt that? Possibly, yeah. Oof. I mean, yeah. Is, is again, the ban yeah. is the ban? We'll sort of loop back to it. Um, yeah, let's have a look at the bottom. You know, we'll, we'll come back to that part in a sec because we, you know, we want to talk about the European Tour because they made their statement fairly clear during the week of where their alignment um, is. Obviously, with the PGA Tour, you know, we and we sort of ingest, sort of talked about um, Keith Pelly having a check in front of him from, you know, the Saudis, you know, staring him in the face, waiting to make a decision. But um, mm. clearly, he's made a decision and it's very clearly aligned to the PGA Tour. But let's just have a look at the leaderboard. You know, like. Yeah, the Aussies, Blake, uh, Windred plus 11, Jed Morgan plus 21. There were some fairly ordinary scores, you know, Ian Poulter plus 10, Phil Mickelson. So I can see why people sort of, you know, might be getting a bit sceptical when when you see some of those big names not playing so well. You know, when we, hmm. you know, Wade plus seven. Okay, there might have been some tough parts of the course there, but when... Yeah, what did the Luna have? Minus 13. Brandon Grace, minus 13. It's a fair differential between plus 21 to minus 13. I think it... Okay. This this could be completely off, off base. But if I've just been paid a lot of money to play this, and I know I'm not going to play three rounds, and I'm used to playing four rounds, mm. you know, um, Jamie would be the best one to answer this. I think it'd be very different to change your mental attitude. If you're five off the lead through two rounds... 
how do you concentrate to think, well, I can't possibly make up to get to that leader. It's a very different mindset because it's shortening the amount of time you have to catch up to that leader. There'd be a million things that would be very different playing 54 v 7 and 2. Yeah, no cut. And, you know, you're guaranteed your money, right? Yeah. So what, what's the, the mental switch? What's the, what's the inner motivation besides trying to earn as much money as you possibly can by finishing further up the leaderboard? Or are you just going, oh, I'm not playing great, so I'll just write it out? Or ask Taylor, um, Taylor Gooch. I mean, he'll tell you it's the same as the Ryder Cup. <laughs> did you hear that? No, I, what did he, I think I did, but I didn't. I heard he said something like that. <laughs> I was interviewing like that, him but... at the end of it, and he was standing next to Patrick Reed, DJ, DJ, and someone else. And he said, Look, I've, you know, I've never played in a President's Cup or a Ryder Cup, but I would think this is very similar. Like, this is, this is as good as it gets. And, and I'm like, That's the dumbest. Like, it either is or it isn't. If you've never been there, probably, how do you know? It's a very, very weird comment. Did he did he mean that around like the crowds and yeah, because yeah, they were yeah. fairly. He's vocal. talking about the energy, right? The but energy. it was like one of those things where it's like, but there was a lot of people there, dude. There was, I think, and and probably slightly back on to what we said before about what we like and don't like about it. I actually don't like the fact that they all play at the same time. I find it really hard to concentrate. Like I find it really difficult. But maybe I'm just old, but. Everyone's on the course at the same time. It starts and it's like, right, here's this highlight of this. This is happening here. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And I get... But I think we talked about it. Like That's the difference in the way that, you know, you consume, you know, the PGA Tour stuff and how I consume it. Um, You know, I I don't mind that. Just show me a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit there. I I don't want to watch the PGA Tour and get bogged down in feature groups and, and watching them for extended period of times and have you know, less cameras and covering less holes and then, you know, s- smaller groups of people for longer periods of time. You know, and the European tour still is like that, but, you know, by virtue that it's late at night and I'm sort of half awake, I, I, I don't mind watching it. But I, I, I appreciate the fact that it that I can just chop and change and maybe it's because I can do other stuff and come back and not feel like I've missed too much. I don't know. But, I, yeah. I, I, you know, you're you're right into the the PGA Tour. You know you're very invested in. Oh, no, no, no. It's it's not even the PGA Tour. I just it's not even a it's it's not even saying what they do is better because there's a million things about their coverage that I don't like. For sure, I just don't like. I don't find it comfortable watching when everyone like a shotgun start. Mm. Literally, you have eighteen tee shots that happen at once, mm. right? And then, you know, how many, I don't even know how many are in the group two, three, four, whatever it is. So effectively, if you've got four great tee shots that you want to show, you have a very minute amount of time to show all those shots at once and before you need to show the next shots in. I just find it very compressed. Yeah. I know it's got very compressed, but that's the only bit I don't, don't didn't, I found a bit weird because it was like, especially at the beginning, because it was like, here's, here's the putting on first hole from this person. And it's like, here's a putting on two for this, but here's, here's a putting on eight. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, what's going on? I, I find it a bit, Mm. No, I, I I get it, and and I guess you know the, probably the thing that when I reflect on how I've been watching it is like it's just a bit of you know entertainment at the time, but I'm not really invested in the whole suspense drama and you know is Brandon Grace going to sink this putt to get the win? I'm not I'm not as invested in that. I thought it was great. Yeah. He's, he's playing really well, and you yeah, know yeah. that chip in you know to really sort of drive the nail in the coffin over all twos. Um, yeah, it was all good, you know, and he really wanted it, but I'm not really that on the edge like you are in yeah. some of the bigger tournaments. 
Oh, it's, it's entertainment over here, but I, I yeah, don't mind yeah. it. I don't mind it. I'm actually, I actually should watch the end of the next one because if, if it's close, the part that, I, that I'm really confused, and I, again, I haven't watched the end of them. So let's just say it's the end of the tournament and there's three, three or four people that are in it. One's playing the eighth, one's playing the sixteenth, one's playing eighteenth. I reckon that'll be so weird. I'm not saying it's wrong. I just will find it very weird to get my head around. And then if you watch it to the end, you'll get to see sharks, you know, handing out Heineken's over the corporate balcony. Yeah. <laughs> sharks. Yeah. I think a lot of people have said a lot of things about shark, and I don't think many of them are wrong. How are you feeling about the shark these days, Rocket? I've got a bag of tour editions. You got two bags. Oh yeah, the second one comes in. <laughs> so does that mean that there's still a little bit of there's a, still a little cinder of a candle still burning? No, there's the person that I that got me into golf and who I watched and lived and died by for the good part of a decade. And then there's whatever this thing is. Every time you watch live golf, you're just seeing a version of shark that, you know, if you thought the sea cucumber and the, and the stupid dancing in the house and all that other stuff was bad, you know, it's just getting naked, naked by the lake. It's just getting amplified. You know, I did think that it was a bit weird. And I shared it with you guys that when the guys walk up on stage and get introduced and all that sort of thing. And I watched, you know, as much of that as I could see. Yeah. There were some people that really were into embracing shark, but there were some that were like, yeah. Okay. Greg, give you a bit of an awkward hug and sort of chest bump. And the fact that they all got to come up one by one and then give Greg a high five and a hug and a chest bump. Like, it's just weird. Yeah. I just feel weird. They keep talking about it. Like it's a family though. Yeah, and that other okay. part just feel, it just don't sell me on it. it. Sounds like a cult. I don't know. It's weird. But, um, I, I, yeah. yeah. Look, good, good. I'm, I'm, look I'm happy. I'll watch it again. I'll, I'll watch it I'll again. Watch it and and I agree with you. I'll watch it again as well. I really will because I'm not. I haven't watched watch it because yet. I want to. I want to. I want to understand what it is, and then I want to decide whether I like it or hmm. I don't like it. But politics to one side. The graphics that they use on on the showing the whole the it's all like eight bit sort of footage. I, I don't like that. It doesn't tell me anything. It's very much made for the maybe the new millennium. I don't know millennials. I got no idea. It's a bit weird. It's like that form, Formula One sort of car sort that, of. That's yeah, it's copy that. It is all very much driven towards. Show, it's almost making. It's getting golf and and Formula One had a baby. That's what it is. Yeah, it's it's same as what Formula One does with the sprint session and this and that and and. and but the thing is though, once the thing is though, the difference is that Formula One, you know exactly who the damn drivers are every week for the whole season and over yeah. years. Where this event, they're changing players all the times and it, yeah and. They're moving teams and stuff like that, so it's 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 borderline. You would hope kind of hope stupid. it settles down, otherwise they they they're gonna battle. But um, yeah, look, look, that's just the golf side of it. The the, the conversations around politics and everything else is a whole different kettle of fish. But yeah, yeah I, 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 I don't, I, know. I don't, you know, I, I don't agree with any of it. Um, but you know, I'm not gonna let something that I can't control. I don't want to say the wrong thing. I don't want to sound like I'm saying the wrong thing. It's really, I, I, everyone that asks me about it, like it's, I always can sort of wrap it up by going, it's really hard to have an opinion on it because, you know, like if you enjoy the golf, then you somewhat can feel bad because, you know, you're actually, you feel like you're supporting the regime, which is, you don't want to know, you know, like I don't know anyone who does. So it's really, I feel always feel conflicted about just even talking about it. What I do know is, you know, I'll watch it again. 
And what I do know is I want Wade Ormsby to be, you know, the live, the mile of golf, live golf flag bearer. I, 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 I want to see Wade do really well in the time that he's going to be playing. And I don't know how many events he's signed on for. I don't know anything about it, but I, I want, I want Wade to play really well. And I want him to be the, you know, the mile is, of golf. Is that your captain? He's a, he's a captain. Yeah. So does that mean that he's, those, the captains changed a lot though. Yeah, they've dumped a, they've dumped the, a couple captains. Yeah, yeah, but I just think I don't know. But if I'm in marketing, and I think that next year I might want to have an event in Australia, because from all reports they're heading out to have a look at Sydney and Melbourne in the next couple of months. I've got a team there that's all Australian, unless Adam Scott jumps in. Um, I think he stays there as captain. You would think mm. you got an all Aussie team. The home crowd favourites when they come down. Um, yeah. Don't know. Scott Hen might get a look in. Yeah. Don't know. He might. I think they'd prefer, I mean, you would think they'd prefer to play the kids. Yeah, no, you're right. The future. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, interesting. Well, where would it go in Australia? Don't say PK. No, I'm not going to say PK <laughs> again. Bash um, me on PK again. No, 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 no. Uh, look. Again, on I think it wouldn't be on the sand whoever, It wouldn't no be on way. the no There's way. no way. No. So and 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 please, um I'm not saying PK is like this course, but I would say if it's going to be a members based course, it has to be a forward thinking course. Right? As in like someone that's thinking of not thinking of the older demographic of their members, they're thinking about taking their club to the future, right? So it has to be a new style club if it's a members based course. I would guess if they played it in in Australia, it would have to be somewhere like Moonalink's Open Course because they've got two courses there. They can do what they like. It's already set up for TV. The wires are already built under the ground for the Australian Open. It's ready to go. And they'll happily take the money, surely. Mm. Entrepreneurial ownership. Didn't, didn't Shark have some? Peter Thompson designed that one. But, no, he's um, got a fingerprint down there somewhere. No, not at, not at Moonalink's. Uh, it's it's Isn't it? Thompson was the the open course, and then it was uh, uh, Parrot, uh, Parrot, uh, Rossi Parrot did the other other yep. course. Thompson, oh, okay. Parrot. Oh, yeah, I don't know. yeah, yeah, but somewhere like that would fit. Oh, sorry, um, I'm confusing the Mooner course at the national. The national, the national. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. Shark. Yep. That's, that's Shark Alley. But like, if he's going to pick a Greg Norman course, wow, well, there's a few to pick from. That was run. Take it to Sanctuary Lakes or something. Sanctuary Lakes. <laughs> I mean, look, there's there's a lot of golf courses there. There, that one's a membership based course, um, but I can't. Yeah, I think, I think if I, if if what they're going to try to achieve from a television perspective, I think somewhere like Moon Links in Melbourne would make sense. I don't know enough courses in Sydney. I don't think they'd play anywhere outside of those two cities, to be honest. Yeah, mm. don't know. interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, we can speculate, but uh, but who knows? Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, Brandon Grace. I think even Brandon Grace had a had the his team badge embroidered on his shirt. I don't know if you picked yeah, that. They've picked definitely that got they've got a, a whole lot of merch. And they all don't have their logos on their shirts, do they? A few of them do. A few I, of know, them do. I know um Rockets mate Patty Reed was covered in the live logo. Hat, yeah, I think that's colours, yeah, everything. That's an ambassadorial. You would yeah. have to think that he's one of the you know, you you've got to turn up like our DJ and you've got to wear the badges. If you want to come, you've got to wear the badges too. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, don't know. Don't know. I, there, there, there would have been plenty of room for them to put their badges on there because 
there aren't too many other yeah no other brands clamoring to be on his on his um sleeve uh Rocket, no. does this mean that you're you know when we said did you watch it and yeah the response was no are you never going to watch it don't know i'm definitely not watching the next one where's the next one is that bedminster bedminster yeah why are you not watching the next one one you know how political i can be <laughs> um really and that person in particular from a the industry that I'm in geopolitically, like that's a Trump cost. Sorry. I forgot all about that. Yeah. Um, Rocket, because I know that we're coming to the end of the episode of last week and I can set you off. Can you explain to me as a, just a general moron. Now there were people shouting out things like go DJ, um, cut their limbs off and people wearing very, very, very sneaky political T-shirts and things like that. Well, it's not sneaky. Well, it is for me because I don't, I don't know enough about it, right? But yep. you do, right? And so I sit there and went, I'm baffled as to why you do that. If you're not, if you're not for the regime or you, and you're so against it, don't go. If you want to pick it out the front, go pick it out the front. But that's not what they did. Can you give me your rundown, please? I'll go on mute. So... So there's two parts. There's one part in in Portland. So there was a young girl that was run over by uh, uh, I don't even know if they were a drink driver, but that was a hit, it was a hit and run, and they were going to face charges. And Saudi and it was a Saudi national, and Saudi Arabia had bailed them out. And in the in the cloak of darkness, fake passport, etc., flew them out on a private chartered jet back to Saudi Arabia never to face charges in America. That was about five years ago. And the bloke, that one was the guy that was standing on the side of the, the tee with the guy's mugshot correct. across his whole T-shirt. Correct. On the side of the lid tee box. Correct. So that's, and that's in Portland. And that that's, and in the, and not Portland, just, it was like in that area. So that's been a, a pretty contentious one already for the last five years. Five years? I think it's nearly five years. And then, so then you would have the community itself probably up in arms, just thinking about Saudi Arabia, just before you even bring the live factor into it. And then you add in the, probably the growing, you know, the families of 9-11. So they're probably turning up in, in their droves into those events. So if you add those two things together and you think about it's free tickets, they're going there to send a message. They're going there to protest or um, just make it uncomfortable and just be just general nuisance for, to, you know, just to, to really, it's just to send a message um, and bring attention to the things that they're, they're protesting. That's really yeah. what it comes down to. Yeah. And, and, um, yeah, the unfortunate thing is, it's like you could nearly have five rocket episodes on geopolitics, geopolitics, especially in the US, and the US's involvement in many other countries. And as I, as I always say, the spider web that you can never spin out of. Um, and that's the unfortunate thing is that just these things are gonna. It's really hard to separate hmm. things because there's too many things are intertwined, and that's, and those people would have just seen the opportunity to just bring attention to it. it it'll be interesting once they do 
had the little I'm the, telling, little, the little cherry on top of the Donald Trump golf course coming up at the that next one's going to be super really that one's going to be really interesting because mm. one he will be there right we know um, sure. Mango Head is going to be there right and because him and Shark actually go way back mm. right so they're going to be hugging awkward just just two of the biggest like in terms of if there was a narcissist convention yeah. like there's your two keynote speakers right there. So, so this is like the meeting of the two minds. Like they, they're probably going to merge together. Um, like Station, that's a Bill and Ted reference for anyone out there. Um, and, and so it's going to be really interesting seeing what happens because you're going to have Saudi Arabia again, but now you're going to have people protesting Trump in New York and well, on the edges of New York. And what people don't realise is that New Yorkers actually hate him, even though he lives there. Like they hate the family, like really dislike him. So it's going to be actually really interesting to see how that's received. Uh, when is that? When is Bedminster rock around? How many weeks do we have to wait for that? Um, three weeks. Three weeks. The twenty seventh of. Is it the week yeah. after the? It's the week after the open. Maybe two. Yeah, I think it's the week yeah, right after the, the open. week after. Yep. Yeah. Interesting. Well, well, Rocket. Uh, oh, I just had a bad feeling. What, what was it? What was that? Just imagine DJ wins the Open Championship and he takes the Claret Jug to the next live event, or someone that wins from live. Couldn't you imagine? Oh, that's like I think it's Mabel when she took Could the you women's imagine? championship belt and went on to WCW and announced she was moving in there and just had the belt and dropped it in the bin. Could you imagine? I could see the shark there. They'd be drinking out of it. It'll be out of control. Um, <laughs> the last thing that we have, well, we touched on it, but we haven't really spoken about, but that's the DP World Tour getting into bed with um, even further with the PGA Tour, you know, which means um, that some of the players can't play in the week coming up. We'll probably talk about that in the next podcast, but uh, mm. you know, they've very a- clearly, clearly made their, made their mind up and, I still don't think that the raft of changes that they're purporting at this stage, I still don't think it's enough. I don't think they're going too far and far enough with, um, you know, bringing up the young talent, bring, giving them more opportunities. You know, what do they go from 25 to 30 cards? Yeah, they'll have a, a few more opportunities. To, but uh, I guess they can't start with the whole hog, but, you know, it's a start maybe, but still not enough for mine. They're never going to get equal. They're never no. going to get parity. They're, they're, they're always going to be the little brother. Um, because they are. That's, but that's the sad thing. They're, they're I'm sorry, and I'm sort of. I guess went off track there. I was even meaning like the changes at the PGA Tour yep. sort of muted on the. Um, oh, for the corn ferry. Yeah, stuff. for the corn ferry stuff and all of that, and yeah, you know, more money and fanning all this money, and then you yeah. know getting the European Tour to align more closely. See, see still, still not enough. This, this is almost a pod episode on its own. The, the the PGA tour, the problem the problem that they the thing that they're not missing the thing that they're missing is it's it's going to be about the product. Forget about the player. It's about the product. What is the product? And then how do you actually then draw, you know, create a story or create and then also it's the product and then how you do things for the players. Like for example, people that are the golf nerds, how do you actually then promote those second tiers down? How do you do things in events that actually make it do something that create incentive for players to do things? Like the one I heard the other day, Shane Bacon 
on Get a Grip had a great one. He said, why doesn't the PGA Tour have best round of the day in each tournament and you get 50 extra FedEx Cup points for shooting low round of the day? Like real simple stuff. Like they could create and, and then have that like as a, they could flog that off to a sponsor and have like a leaderboard for the day in terms of, you know, there's, there's lots of little things that they could do that could make it interesting and like keep your eyeballs on it. But uh, I think they're, they're trying to, they need to stop trying to copy what they're competing against. The tricky part they've got, and I'm not, this is not a pro PGA tour. This is just a my marketing salesman lens, right? They did that with the Hilton Rewards and the... Oh, no, the Wyndham Rewards, which Wyndham was really Rewards just a copy of the... It's the same same 10 people as in the, the FedEx Cup. It was just yeah, it's, it's giving just money away. Give, correct. It's just a way to give money away. <clears throat> I think that the really the really tricky part is for us, we are, we are the market they are not marketing to. Right? We are not important. We are in. We are done. So they are trying to figure out how do we grow the game or how do we, for want of a better phrase, how do we get to the people that aren't watching it and how do we get to the people that are watching it infrequently to, to watch it more? How do we get the casual, the person that watches the majors to watch the PGA Tour? Correct. Absolutely. How do they get my mate Adam down the road yep. who will talk to me about the majors, yeah. but he will never talk to me about any other event no. unless he knows there's one or two golfers who I follow yep. that are playing all right. Exactly. And, and so for it. them, that on a very, very basic lens, that is why now, and, and, and I know we said they're copying what they're up against and they are definitely bits and pieces but a lot of the stuff would have been in play and a lot of it stuff from that pgl that was talked about you know for three or four years that they're all copying but effectively that's why they're going to shorten the season give the guys more money that are going to have the top tier guys reward them to be there so that they can play more events so like you said if you know justin thomas is playing 15 events a year they're all the 15 events they want him to play and that's what, that's all it's going to be and then he's got no no reason to go and do anything else um, they need to keep the eyeballs and 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 grow grow the people that aren't watching. And this goes back to them creating an actual proper their own PGA tour, go together to all of the other other tours, yeah, and and sort of go. We're going to create like this top tier, and we're going to have these actual WGCs, and we're going to have yeah. X amount of them, and yep. they're going to be all around the globe, and they're going yep. to be played outside the majors, hundred percent. And then everything else is then these other tier um, underneath that. Perfect world, that is it. Perfect world is they will end up popping up the the DP World Tour. The DP World Tour has kept doing what it's doing at a lower purse. The PGA Tour is the main event where they want people to go and play. And then, like you said, there's 10 events around the world, 12 events around the world, or five events around the world that are the big outside the majors. These are the ones you want to win. They're worth the most money, and they're a world tour. They're, they're like that step above. Yeah, they're not going to get the Asian tour, but if if, if no. they go, we're going to we've already got Australia. They can still have tournaments still got Japan, Japan, Korea, and yeah, won't, won't still got Japan, back. right? Yeah. So all of a sudden, you could go to the Japanese tour and go, we're going to run a WGC event there. We're going to yeah. run a couple in in Australia. We're going to do. You, you know, only need four or five. You no, don't need no exactly four majors. You got four of those. That's eight events. People aren't paying more than twenty. Yeah, so, eight WGCs, yeah. and and not everyone's going to play in all of them, but you're going to still get. If you just run a 70-man event, like yeah. a normal 70-man event, like one of the FedEx Cup ones, and yeah. have it no cut, you could muck around with formats and stuff like that. Of course. You could do it. That, that's the thing. 
I mean, it's like a cha- like Champions League, you know. Like I, I just keep going back to looking at what what other sports do and do really well, mm. and how they run their system to keep eyeballs engaged across a home and away series, across the Champions League playoff events, all that sort of thing. Sure. Run well, well, yeah. You could just run it straight off um, the world rankings, and then have, or you could have top fifty, and then the twenty is like all these other little bits and pieces. You could have the the, the only thing that goes against it is the times because. They they don't want they can't play every week like in say EPL they might play two games in a week sometimes to make up which they can't do in golf and the guys are only gonna, you're only getting these guys twenty times a year and they have to play four majors so once you do that then take out Christmas Thanksgiving FedEx Cup finals whatever it is you want to finish up a President's Cup a Ryder Cup that's that's why that's lame. why you have a different system you know okay and now I get. If you call them teams in the PGA Tour, you know that that leans too closely to PGL and 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 live. But you know you've got all these sponsors, you've got all these people who want to pay money to sponsor events on the PGA Tour. So the the market's already there for the money. So give them franchises, give them you know a ro- a roster of te- uh, players, and open up that roster that goes deeper into the the uh, to the um, Corn Ferry Tour. And when when the big guns don't want to play well then you know the the guys that are aligned to a to a franchise so to speak can can come up and play or there's a promotion relegation within the team you're like if you're playing and then there's a a opening season that's why i asked you for that that list the other week there like you know have have a qualification sort of part of the tour for these younger guys to qualify for you know to be in this pool of you know you can come up and play in these big, you know, these mid events that the big guys don't want to play in because they're having, and then Is save it? all the big guns for these eight Champions League type scenario after the majors, and bring the big guns back out. And the problem is that those events they get into now, no one will watch it. Like no one watched John Deere last week. No one's going to watch Barbasol this week. Nobody. Yeah, and but the, that, and that, that's that, and the list this week is that this, and we'll talk about it in the next episode, but. Barbasol list this week because it's co-sanctioned. It's got a bunch of European tour players, a bunch mm. of Corn Ferry tour players, and a bunch of guys that can't get into the Open. So my alignment on the week-in, week-out PGA Tour events, other than the ultimate one-person winning, there's nothing on that. So if if there was, you know, a franchise-aligned group of players that were part of a franchise, so the the sponsors can throw money into each franchise, and maybe it's college alignment maybe it's like conference alignment maybe it's like where they live alignment or maybe it's just owgr you go you know if there's 10 teams with 14 people in it or 10 groups with 14 in it you know one starts here and it goes through to 14 and then 14 goes back the other way so they get sort of equality on owgr and you have this system where a group of guys can drop in and drop out and there's no there's no um, downside for the guys that come in and and some way that they there's still an individual event you know someone still wins the thing but each week, week in, week out, they play, you know, one, one franchise plays against the other. And then there's like a, a championship. And that way, an event like the John Deere, where everyone buggers off, and then you've got the lower quality, the second team playing, they're still playing for something. There's still something in there for, for the franchise. So there's a, there's a draft season, there's the premiership season, there's the major season, and then the Champions League season. And the second team sometimes plays, you know, like sometimes in home and away football, yeah. you've got the second team saying. playing. Yeah. 
That, that, yeah, the difficulty would be if I'm a corn fairy player and I can go up, we'd need, you'd need to work out some way that what I'm playing for goes back to my status to get me up there permanent. Of, of course. Has to be. Of course. But I think that at the end of the day, all of that pool, they just need more golf in America as well, which is not, not going to help us. So, no, but the Champions League thing, they can take that, the big events, they can yeah, take yeah. that around and you know, they might have some of the you know, the swing, the uh, the qualification series, you know, down here or over in Europe aligned to all the other stuff. So, yeah, there's ways to do it. There's ways to do it that makes it, you know, basically to to Shane Bacon's point of having score of the day. It's a game within a game. You know, more gamification of the product. Still, there's someone on ultimate winner. Still, they play in all their other big events. Yeah. But have, have more games within the game yep. where people can, people like me and you or people like, these new people can align themselves to the whole reason why these teams and these big sporting organizations exist is because people align to teams team of not the team of a live team, but a team that has people in it that are known entities or known teams within an an area. Like America's proved that a team can move, you know, a franchise team can move from LA to wherever the Raiders have moved 17,000 times. I think People align to that. And then nothing, you can... uh, no, no argument on the team piece. I think the tricky part is for teams, like you look at Ryder Cup, teams work, right? People mm. love supporting teams. I think just golf is not a team sport at the end of the day. So that that's going to be the first hurdle to get past. And then you eventually have two things. Is it a team? Is it this? Um, it's it's something there, not against not against them doing something different. I just don't know how to do it. I don't, but... I don't know how to do it and make it fit into what, times they're going to be able to play with if you've got if you've got competition within each franchise i don't want to call it a team but you know Mm. within each team if you've got competition within each teams for spots because there's money on the premiership you know in that part of the season there's money for finishing first as a team um and there's competition within that team for spots so if you don't perform over a couple of weeks yeah you're going to go down to the kft and the boy who's aligned to the your team is going to come up and get his chance, and he might stay up. You, I don't know. You, and then yeah. if I'm a corn fairy guy, yep. do I sit there and say, "Nah, you guys go, I'll stay here. I'm corn fairy to every week." No, make no, no. My, well, that, that part, that part of it finishes. You know, that part that we've talked about, saying that ruins, you know, the opportunity for these young fellows to play and want to achieve great things and have the opportunity to come up because there's all the old stages up there keeping them out of it. That sort of that, that, that doesn't. Works. I don't know. And I know we've talked about this, but I don't think that really happens that much. If okay. you look at the way that, if you look at the way the entries work, most of the guys can get access in there. It's just no benefit for them to play. That's why I, you're getting. Guys basically, my sort of premise, mind. my sort of the way my mind thinks is this qualification, you know, run of events at the start of the year, you know, creates the opportunity for these guys to earn the right for selection in these teams. And then it's and then they can get selected by the franchise and then they can go up and go down. Well, that's where no, they're going to play. That, that, that's the time of year where they're going to play. You're right. Yeah. So they're going to play. They're all going to play there, and then they're then they're going to have the opportunity. Now they're still going to play during the year because they're going to have their own. You know, it's like first division, second division. It's like there's guys that play for Melbourne City that never played a, a first game, but they're on the roster and they go and play in the seconds. And same as rugby league and all that sort of thing. Yeah, they still bust their hump. Hundred percent, and then they get their chance. No, no, I get everything you're saying. I get the the only tricky part is the diffi- the difference is the guy that's playing seconds for Melbourne United 
isn't guaranteed to get a stock spot in the seniors the next year, depending on how he performs in the twos. Whereas in golf, you do. So if someone stays down in Corn Ferry mm. and doesn't want to go up and lets his mates go up there and keep playing, he stays down there. He might then end up in the top 25 and automatically get a card where his mate not, might not be him. He's in the plus minus. So that's a, it's just things like that. But not saying it's a silly idea. It's just all the things that need to be. The, there could be a there could be guys. systemized to make yeah. that work. There could be yeah. a systemized to make it work. That there's just an overall point system or whatever. You know. Yeah, I'm with you. No one's going to listen to me anyway. But uh, no one yeah. listens to me. Yeah, they, they, they're doing their vacuuming listening to this. So many, so many opportunities. Like you look at what's the Golden State Warriors? You know, and this made me. This is probably what made me think about it when they had that playoff season, playoff whatever they do. I don't watch it. I don't watch the yep. basketball. But I looked at all of them, and there's all of these individuals, big name individuals, big money, big name players who have got their own brands and all of their own stuff that happens outside of that team. But when they step step up on that court, they're Golden State Warriors. All you see is Golden State Warriors, except for one little thing. They got Rakuten over here. Rakuten, big payments thing. Rocket, you probably do work with Rakuten. Um, and I don't know if they Rakuten sponsor the whole league or just that team, but there's a little sponsor here, Rakuten. But the thing is, this team, and they all jump on, and then they go away and do their individual stuff, and be their be their sharks, tigers, fills, all of that sort of thing, and what happens outside of that, they do their own stuff, but they're on as, as a part of a team. Now, hmm. you know that made me think about individuals in a team sport, and I don't know. I say I don't know a lot, but I've obviously spent a fair bit of time racking my brain around this, and it's built around you know the sports that I do follow and why and why I follow it. And I like individuals, and I like teams, and I like following teams, and I like following individuals. On and sometimes when an individual leaves a team, you know, I have a soft spot for another team, or sometimes I ha- I don't like them as much because they've left my team and gone to another team. Yeah, that's that, that I'm saying, but you can't follow players. Uh, yeah, we're gonna get an NBA rabbit hole. NBA NBA is a joke. Is an absolute joke the way that it works at the minute. The way oh, people swat, switch teams every single year to just try and chase a premiership or a championship is disgusting. There's I think no, a lot of the, there's no love for team at all in there. I think a lot of the sports are a little bit like that, but still, you know, people aspire towards teams. Mm. Anyway. Oh no, definitely, 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 and and like we said, Ryder Cup shows that. Ryder people love it. People fanatical. Uh, Chance, do we call time on this uh, tonight's podcast on on that yep. note? Uh, everyone, thanks for listening uh, to our review of last weekend. It went on. Uh, I don't know how long this has gone. I don't have the usual. I'm not in the studio, uh, so I don't have the timer. Uh, I think it's the the live factor is 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 compounding the time required to discuss because it's 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 a lot of stuff to talk about the game of golf. It's more than what we've accustomed to in terms of just normal stuff so unfortunately it creates a lot of conversation which is good gives us something to do gives us a reason to have uh geez we're splitting we're splitting one podcast into two uh thanks for listening uh to tonight's episode thanks for listening to i went back on the interview uh hustings uh last week and i spoke with uh stuart mcphee uh stuart's part of uh the great rules of golf uh fraternity in melbourne level two qualified and really does have have has aspirations to referee golf tournaments at a higher level. Um, interesting character, always up for a chat and, uh, you know, expert in his field of trading, uh, sitting, sitting there, uh, trading stocks away and advising people all around the world on the right way to do that. 
And uh, it was just a good chat to hear a, a, a fellow come into golf late in life and, and some of his journey into life, but also then how he equates discipline into his life and also what he does um, across sport and, uh, and work. So anyway, listen to that and we'll do some more interviews. Looking forward to getting to uh, Scotland because I'm going to be chatting to anyone that I can. Anyone, I'm, I think I'm going to be, I feel like I'm going to be walking around uh, golf courses, just chucking a microphone in people's faces and going, who are you, where are you from? And uh, would you mind if I broadcast this to the world maybe not but uh we'll see how we go gents uh we'll catch you in the what are we calling it the preview episode for this weekend's golf so uh thanks for listening jump into the discord everyone and we'll see you in the preview episode in uh whenever that comes out thanks for listening <laughs>